welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. We've partnered with the Brain Tumor Charity, a cause we care deeply about. And this March is Brain Tumor Awareness Month. And we'll be sharing a couple of special podcasts uncovering those within the motorsport community who've been affected by these devastating diagnoses. Plus, the Brain Tumor Charity is also running the Conquer the Challenge from March through to May, a virtual fundraiser for those fitness inclined. And there's a leaderboard. So if you're competitive, then this is definitely for you. All the details are at thebraintumorcharity.org. Together, we can help every single person affected by a brain tumour. This season, we're delighted to be teaming up with Grid Rival. If your football mates are constantly going on about their fantasy leagues, well, now you can get your own back and create your own racing fantasies. Thanks to Grid Rival, including F1 and MotoGP, you can select your own teams and drivers, interact with other fans, and join or create your own leagues where you can trade on the go to make sure you have the ultimate lineup for every race if you're as obsessive about motorsport as we are make sure you set up on grid rival today head to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your app store 2021 leagues are now live so download the app set up your own league or you can join ours come on have a go with us just search for motormouth official select your team and drivers and we'll see who comes out on top Welcome to the Motormouth Podcast. Now, before we introduce today's guest, I need to once again jump onto Zoom to dial in my co-host. But before I do, did you know that Zoom was in fact created by its founder, Eric Wan, to solve his hatred of travel? He used to travel 10 hours on a train while at university to see his then-girlfriend, now wife. And those long journeys he hated so much were all the inspiration he needed to start the multi-billion dollar company we know today. I bet you didn't know that. Now then, Harry Benjamin, how are you? I did not know that. Though. I bet he's absolutely rolling in it now. I think the biggest regret is not having any shares in Zoom before this all kicked off. I know. Uh, <laughs> but um, apart from Zooming every day and every minute of every day, I am still here, still fine. My official Motormouth cap finally came yes. in the post today, so that's very exciting. Uh, it doesn't fit my head, but we knew that was going to be the case anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, apart from that, all good, still going. How about you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. I've got about 20 of those caps. Actually, we're going to do a load of giveaways um, over the next few weeks. We've just done one. We've got another one coming up. Um, where you can win various merchandise and nice motorsport-related bits and bobs. So I'll chuck some caps into that. Um, anywho, enough of our rambling. Shall we introduce today's special guest? Oh, I think so. So today, we are very fortunate to be joined by yet another Formula One legend. Gerhard Berger, the son of an Austrian haulage contractor. Gerhard is a man with 210 Formula One GP starts to his name and multiple race wins. He's shared a track with some of the most iconic names the sport has ever seen he is, of course, one of them, but he's raced the likes of Senna, Prost, Mansell and Piquet in some of the most memorable and famous teams to have ever graced Formula One. Uh, I can't wait to hear from him. We've got him here, the man himself, Gerhard Berger. Welcome to the Motormouth Podcast. How are you? Very well. Very well, thank you, Gerhard. Thank you for taking the time uh, to have a chat with us. It's really appreciated. Give me one second. I just ordered an espresso quick for me to. to... Uh, <laughs> I've got a hot now chocolate. that is a legend right there. Just got a, just an espresso delivered to his desk. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot offer you one, but uh, 
Okay. I don't worry about it. We've got our coffee. Wake up here. a little bit. You guys are up speed already, so I need to get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We've already had our espresso. Well, Gerhard, look, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Um, and what we like to do, we like to just sort of start from the beginning, really, to begin with. And, and how it all started with you, because we know you're obviously a, a huge Formula One and motorsport legend, but how did the motorsport bug first bite you? Was, there, was it in the family already, or were you just a sort of fan and, and watched it? You wouldn't believe if you would uh, see where I grown up was a, a small city with, at the time, I think 6,000 6, people living there, middle of the forest, middle of nowhere. The, my parents had a, a car business, so they've been, they, are, they, they, they had service station for truck, they had um, transport business, and I grown up between tractors and trucks and uh, and uh, and cars, and honestly, nobody really knows why I enter this way. <laughs> At what point did you did you first get in a racing car? I mean, was there, there was obviously an ambition to get into racing, or did it all happen by accident? Everything happened by accident. <laughs> uh, really, it's you know, I was a small boy, and and all. But I was interested to go to our workshop to see how they, they prepare trucks and things like this. And I obviously started to drive very early. My father had um, had no problems with it. So I, when I was six, seven years old, I, I started already driving his cars. In, 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 we had a parking space. We could go around there. I started to drive tractors. I started to drive trucks all at the same time with seven, eight, nine years and, uh, and and I try to do crazy things with the stuff to to put it on two wheels or, or, or to to make a big slide with a truck or and at the same time also I I, I, I borrowed motorbikes from the neighbors you know those old BMWs uh, and things like this and and, and and I just went up to the forest and driven around and and as we had a transport business and I, I kept progressing, driving quite well. I got ready quite early. Um, a lot of respect from our truck drivers, seeing me going with trucks backwards in every hole and uh, sideways and whatever. And when I was about 11, uh, they already used to bring me with them to Italy, to Germany. And because they, when they worked all the week, they'd been tired, very tired coming to the end of the week. So I was their co-driver. So I remember well, I had these 40 ton trucks um, and I, I was the driver and they were sleeping in the back and I liked looking out from the windows when the tourists saw my face. <laughs> but at the time we could, we, could, we could do things like this. You, you yeah. didn't go to jail, you know. It was, yeah. it was a kind of mixture between fun and... And, and, and I, I just, I just started getting a big passion of driving motorbikes and cars, it didn't matter which car, it was a truck or, 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 or a sports car, whatever, whatever I found somewhere I, I stole or I, or I, or I borrow or I, I just took it and, and, and driven around. And the, 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 the reliance on go-karting now is, is there for everyone to see. Like, it, I, I presume when you were coming up through the sport, go-karting either wasn't available to you where you lived or, or you just didn't do it, or maybe you did. It, it, is there an importance to do that kind of training when you're young? Look, I never had a kart. 
all what I did is I was I, I was great on motorbikes. Uh, I was doing well on, as I said, on the cars I drove around, but I never was directly involved in racing. My, it, it just didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, in these days, around every corner. Saying this, we had in our small village, we had two race drivers, national race drivers. And uh, I was also already as a small boy fascinated by their garages. And I remember well when I was a small boy going home from the school with eight, ten, nine, nine, ten years, I usually stopped there and I watched for hours through the window how they prepare a race car there. And, and, and they start to realize my face and they had always a laugh and they saw me and they look out from the window and later on they say, come in and have a look. So yes, they developed something in a way in, in the direction of, of race cars, but my experience of driving was nothing on karting, karting or, or competition in karting. Or The first competitions I did is when we've been 15, 16 I, I did quite well on motorbikes and my friends, I didn't have a license or something, but my friends was a little bit older and they had them. They, they said, well, could you take the motorbike? Here's a small mountain race or something. Could you participate with my motorbike? Because I think you can do better than that. So yes, I, I did a little bit like this wild stuff in, 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 in on the countryside, but never really be involved direct in proper motorsport. So really, I've never heard anyone who just sort of stumbled into into motorsport. It's it's brilliant. You were just doing it for fun. But when you started to get a bit more competitive and entering these competitions, when very very funny, Lou. My, yeah. My my father, of course, he in the years when I grew up, he built up a company, and 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 in, in our small village, it was already a big company uh, in nationally or internationally. It was still a very small company, but anyway. The two race drivers, I told you before, with the garages, they had two garages where they mm. prepared the race car. And then one day I passed by one of them and uh, I watched when he was preparing his Ford Escort Group 5 at the time, cool car, and I watched, I was fascinated by it. I was still in school, I was just, uh, uh, I, I was mechanic and I, I just went to the school, uh, mechanic school. And I watched him building up this race car and, and, and for hours. And at one stage, he said to me, would you like to do a race? And I couldn't, couldn't believe what he told to me. And uh, I said, what do you think I should do, do a race? Well, uh, you know, I know your driving uh, style. I know you what you're doing in motorbikes. And I know, uh, and I think, I think maybe I would borrow you my race car. I couldn't really understand from where this comes, but anyway, I said, well, it would be fantastic, but I, I don't have a license. And ah, I said, we can get it. We can buy and we can get some license for you. I said, okay, if you can organize it. So anyway, it goes on and and, and, and we start to together to put things together. I gave him my data. He, he suddenly had a license. I have no clue from where he got it. <laughs> so suddenly had a license. And, and there was this... A race in Austria in, in Celtic in the under uh, uh, ring, you know, and the Celtic at the, and the early stage. There was this yearly uh, uh, big Austrian race where where was the sh- championship of touring cars group five at the time. And uh, suddenly I was in the in the list, and 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 suddenly I had this entry for this race, and 
I say, well, I'm in the school at the moment, you know, and he said, well, we have to go on Friday and we have to go out and uh, we go with my car and, and so on. And that was when I was just turning into 19 years old. And suddenly I find myself with him going to this race with in the back, the, the race car on, uh, on, the, on the trailer. And I just thought, I don't understand how this got all together, but I just shut my mouth, I'm going to Celtic. It's fantastic, and uh, and I, I'm gonna do a race, <laughs> whatever it means. <laughs> and how did you get on? Did you did you just come, well, come last? Well, the thing was uh, at the home because my parents never liked the way how I, I I developed because they would like to see me studying, they would like to see me in the company, and all what I was interested in was cars, driving cars, blah, blah, blah. and of course I asked sometimes, can we not organize somehow to go karting? My father always said, no, 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 it's you you need to concentrate on school. So I couldn't tell at the time that I go for a race, so I didn't tell my parents anything. I said, this weekend I'm not going to be here because I stay in the school because I have to, next year, next week I have some exams, I have to study. <laughs> and, and I was going to this race track and halfway through, the guy says to me, well, it's fantastic, we're doing this race, you're doing this race, but by the way, I haven't told you yet what the costs are. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean the costs? And he says, well, you know, of course, you know, you have to pay me. It's a race car, da, 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 da. And I say, well, I'm sorry, but I, I don't have any money, I'm zero. But I tell you what, I'm so happy already to go to this race and I can watch it because I've never seen a, 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 a race and I can watch it and I've been part of it. It's for me already a big adventure. And and uh, and, and, and you race it like usual. And, and it, Ah, yeah. So anyway, he was a little bit shamed because he told everybody already that I am racing and I understand after why. Because he, he won't sell his race car and he was sure I'm going to destroy the race car. And what he wants to sell his car to my father to, to get some money for his race car, but it was difficult to sell. So that was the plan behind it, but oh, I found out God. later. Oh. Anyway, I said, and he says, you know what? Uh, no, 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 you drive the car now because we told and you are in the, in the vapors, but you need to give me, I don't know in English, it's it's a kind of check yep. where if something happened, this is the, the money. You oh, like a, a deposit. Deposit, yeah. yeah. So I said to myself, no risk, no fun. And I signed the, I signed the paper, you know. So obviously, if I would destroy it, he would sell his cars in a fantastic way, and, uh, <laughs> and my father would be would be not uh, not very amused. But anyway, that was the that was the the price of an entry. Oh my yeah. I did uh, all the formality with him, and I went into this race. And I did my first race there. But then the problem was I won the race. And I won ah. the race, and I was in all newspapers. So when I came home, <laughs> my father had already newspaper on the table and just figured out that I was not in the school. Then I, I, I did my first race, and he made a big casino out of it. And and he, 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 he just simply said, well, it's 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 impossible, and, and so on. So I was stopped again for another year to do any racing. So I, I had a one-off. I won this race. I was very happy. I was for a short moment the star. But then I was back again in my workshop working in a normal day-by-day business. So how long did it take for you to persuade them that this was, you know, this is what you wanted to do more than, you know, school? Well, I didn't persuade. My, my problem was I was dependent on money. Otherwise, I wouldn't care at all. I would tweet from the beginning <laughs> on. I had no choice. You know, the money came from this side. So I yeah. had a little bit to listening and a little bit to do what they like to see. 
But then I was for one year, I didn't do any racing after this. One year later, there was a race car on the market, an Alpha Suit at the time. Uh, you, you are too young, but there was the Alpha Suit Cup, European Cup. I was Alpha Suit in the, in, for sale who had an accident and basically was completely destroyed. And as I was a mechanic, I said, okay, it's very cheap. I buy it, I prepare it. So I have my first race cup. Amazing. Whatever can, can happen then. And, so and, that's what I did. And I, I, I bought one year later from my money uh, this Alpha suit. I prepared it in my workshop with a couple of friends. And, and we made it just ready for racing. And that process, once you've got that Alpha Suit car, that one make series, you're racing away. I read that it was just four years before you got to Formula One. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, how on yeah. earth did that happen? It's really like this. You know, I'm still living here in this mountain place with 6,000 people, middle of nowhere, and I'm preparing this Alpha Suit. And in the neighbor city, was a little bit bigger, we had Carl Wendlinger's father. He was also a race driver. And, uh, and he did Alpha Suit Cup, and he was the Austrian star because he was in this Alpha Suit Cup, what was nationally at the time. He was the winner and he was the big star. And uh, at the time when I just came, this was just transferred in a European championship. So it went from Austria to European. So just a few people from Austria was qualified good enough to, to try their thing in the European and here I was with my alpha suit. So I went to Carl Wendlinger, to the father of, of Carly, and, uh, and, and asked for some help what to do. And I got his mechanic, who was building engines very well, to help me. And so we brought, we brought a little bit the car together, and he made me the engine. And then I put my entry into this European championship. And the first race, I remember, was in Vallelunga in Rome. And so... A couple of days before we left to Rome, what was for me already something, you know, to go into Rome was already uh, by itself an adventure. But uh, anyway, the, to do my first official race, everybody knows going to Rome. And, I, and we had a, a dinner and, 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 and there was the mechanics and there was a couple of race drivers together what next day going, next week going to the big uh, uh, European championship to Rome. And they was discussing how to use the, the spare car engine, how what to do it. It's it's 90 cars was 90 cars was in the entry. So it was a big pre-qualifying certain sessions to get into the so anyway, at one stage I say to my mechanic in front of everybody, I say, but if I remember, I don't have a spare engine. Where's my spare engine? And they all laugh with me and they say, Gerhard, you're going to your first Alpha Suit Cup race. And this is a European race. There's 90 people on the start. You don't need a, a spare engine. You're going to go home after one day because <laughs> for you it's over. And I say, ah, okay. I, maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. <laughs> so anyway, we went to Rome. We, 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 we put our cars on and we did the qualifying and we did all the pre-calling things. So anyway, after the practice, I was second quickest of the 90 and all other Austrians went home after the first session. <laughs> so I went to Carl and to all the guys and said, listen, can you bring over the spare engine to my car? <laughs> so that was my start into, into, into this Alpha Suit Cup, but I didn't need for a full season. And after this full season, I, I, I just say, well, okay, I, I won. Then I won in Austria in front of the Grand Prix. And people came to me and said, well, it seems like you are very talented. 
and Alfa Romeo came to me and they say also, they, listen, uh, we, see, we see a lot of talent. Uh, we, we would support you if, you if you go on with it. So the only way to go on with it was to go into Formula cars. And, and, and that was the start to say, well, okay, let's try a Formula Ford. So I did a Formula Ford 1600 race and then I did a Formula Ford, just a single 2000 race. So I jumped straight away in Formula 3 because I thought it's a waste of time to hang around in these formulas. And, uh, and Alfa Romeo Fair enough. paid the engines for me. So I went straight from Alfa Sud and in the German Formula 3 championship and uh, finished third, I think, in the championship and, uh, and, and supported by Alfa Romeo. And then from there, I was running really out of money and I, I thought maybe I have to stop. And, uh, and then I did a race in Hockenheim and usually I always had every race, I had crashes with the others, but usually I survived and the others uh, <laughs> not. And this was one of these races where a couple of guys left the circuit above me and, and I survived. So after the race, this guy came to me and, and, and it was Helmut Marko and said, what are you doing next year? And I said, nothing because I have no money anymore. I, cannot, I think I'm going to end up in my workshop again with my parents. And he said, okay, come to me to Graz and maybe I can do something for you. Wow. So I went to Graz and he said, well, you know, I, I, see, I see some talent in you and I, I, I would like to support you and uh, let's see if we can build up a Formula 3 team together, get some sponsors and so on. And that was my start into a real professional uh, racing life with, uh, with, let's say, a great teacher. This yeah. yeah, yeah. Not wow. easy, as you all know. You know yeah. <laughs> It's hardcore. If you survive him, you survive also Frank Williams or Ron Dennis. This was honest. <laughs> it's amazing start. to see how you know how how many people that that Helen Marco is is helped to get uh, any not just F one but just sort of work their way up towards a motorsport career. It's incredible to see how long he's been doing that for. Yeah, 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 yeah. long and, and and even before was Marcus Hüttinger who died was in a very good way in direction of Formula One. Uh, Joe Gardner was there, mm. and then I, I came. And many after, but many don't survive him because he, he, he is hardcore. Yeah. He's, he, he, but he, he's great, you know. It's he, really like this. If you, if you go through his school, you're prepared. Yeah. And when you come, and, and, and I, I did it, so I, I know what I'm saying. When you come to Formula One, this is the guys you met in Formula One. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Bernie, if it's, yeah. if it was Frank, if you, you know, that, that, that's what you need if you really want to go up. And I would say Helmut was crucial for my career. Mm, yeah. Helmut, was, uh, Helmut was, I think, uh, Helmut supported me in a way that I ended up as a proper professional race driver. Yeah, yeah. And I did one season with him, a couple of, and, and he also helped me to, to get in contact with BMW at the time with Dieter Stappert. He was the the motorsport director of, of BMW, and, and then they offered me uh, a BMW factory drive on the 635, and, and I made some money, and I brought this money to Helmut to do Formula 3, and that's the way how we, we did two programs. And both programs worked quite well. And in BMW, they, they, they liked me, and, and they supported me a lot. And, and, and then I got an offer from an Italian Formula 3 team, and it was financially the better way to go. So we decided, Helmut and myself, we, we're going to use this 
this opportunity and I went to Trivilato. And when I was in Trivilato, that was basically then the second year of the European Championship, I got already the offer to drive Formula One test or drive a Formula One race. And don't ask me how this all happened. It just happened. And then they asked me to drive a Formula One race. BMW supported me with the engines because I was factory driver there. So I could bring in, instead of money, I could bring in engines. And then even I said at the time to Günther Schmidt, I said, well, but I need a bit space on the car for sponsors. I got it even, and so my first race worked out already to make some money and not <laughs> money. So it was just, just happening. You know, it was really not a clear agenda, no. not a plan. Nothing. And but, I think the key point was Helmut. But it wasn't smooth sailing because you, when you got to Formula One, you you got there, but then had a slight setback because you broke your neck. Yeah. You were. Yeah. Tell us about that. You were shoved off a road on a cliff and tumbled yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, 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 was a little bit of a thing too, yeah. So first I came into Formula One with Günther Schmidt with ATS. I did the last four races of the season. Worked out quite well. I made my first points in, in Monza, the second race. And, um, and yeah, and I had my feet into Formula One and it was fantastic. And, and I think the interesting thing is I never thought about Formula One. You know, when I did, when I did uh, my Alpha Suit Cup, I was happy what I was doing. And then they offered me Alpha Romeo. Say, should do so I did what they offered me to do. <laughs> so I went there and then Helmut came and said, come to me to Graz. And, yeah, all right then. And, Never had, you know, when I see the young boys now, they all say, the father say, you need to do this category in karting, this, this, this. Then you've been a Formula One. Never, I never thought about Formula One until three weeks before I, I got my first test. <laughs> and, and then I was, you know, that's what worked very well. And then uh, I got an offer from Jackie Oliver to drive for Eros. And, but we was in competition with the second Austrian driver, with Joe Gartner at the time, and and obviously Jackie, obviously uh, Jackie played between us to 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 get the best out for him financially and whatever. And we didn't know who was who gets the place. Is it Joe what get it or is it me what get it? Anyways, so Jackie played his game, and uh, and then I had a car accident, and BMW called me to go for a test to Italy for the touring car. Uh, in the evening, and I just picked up my my racing clothes from from my office, and 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 it was a road, and uh, and and a car come out from a side road and crashed into my car. The guy had drunk too much, and oh. and, and and just didn't see me anyway. And I I went through a bridge out in a in into a river. Christ. And and through the impact, I had no seatbelt on. Through the impact, I I flew out through the side window. And, and free flow down over the bridge, down to a river. And I landed halfway in the water and halfway outside of the water on, on some rocks. And I broke my head, I broke my neck, I, I broke a couple of things and, and I had kidney issues and so on. But interesting thing again was, uh, this was a road, my 6,000 people village in the night, completely empty, nobody goes there. Never in the night, except people were not drinking in the bar and going home. And uh, and it was completely empty. But when I was laying there, I had I, I was for a moment unconscious, but I came back and then I felt this incredible pain in my back. 
my two guys jump already from the bridge down and my car was just hanging over me on a, on a, on a tree and the fuel was coming down oh, and the gosh. guy and, and the guy said well what do you feel and I said well I can hardly move but it's my 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 back hurts me so much my neck hurts me and the guy said immediately stop stop don't move don't move at all stop as you are and they went away and Back in, in a couple of seconds, one of them was back again with infusions. They put me infusions in, whatever. And then the ambulance arrived and they won't put me on this bed. And the guy said, if you put on this bed, you're going to die. You need another bed. You need to do this. So really professional. <laughs> and then, of course, they put me into the hospital and, and have broken my first level and my second. And the nerve was just going through. So I was just was just one movement too much. And, and that's it. Until I find out there was two helicopter doctors on the motorway and they was hungry. And they said to each other, let's go down from the motorway. Let's see if we find a small a small restaurant or something to eat. And that was the car behind me. And they had infusions, everything in the car. from Wow. And basically they saved my life there oh, wow. because otherwise, no choice. Oh, unbelievable. And, and, and so I survived this one. I was then in the hospital and obviously... All the newspaper written that uh, was great to 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 see me, but now unfortunately I'm gone, and uh, <laughs> racing is over, and and uh, they wish me good luck to 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 get soon again ready, but uh, racing will not happen. And 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 Jackie Oliver, of course, was informed in the same way, and and everything was going on with Joe Gardner, and then. The doctor came to me one day after my accident and said, well, we have to stabilize the kidney and we have to, to, to fix your head, but then we have to see, we have a new operation. Uh, either we put you on plaster for six months to, to, to heal your, your injury, or we, we do this new operation. But the new operation, it's they're going into the front through your throat. You have to open everything to the, to the back and then they put the screws in and so on. And obviously, there's not a lot of knowledge on it to it, but it's the new way to do it. And they would offer me to do it, whatever I want. And I say, well, depends where I can be quicker back to my racetrack. And the guy laughed at me, saying, oh, no, forget the racetrack. You've got to be out of the game for, for six months this way, this way. But the operation would be the quicker way, because once you have the screws in, you are fixed, you are fine. So I say, OK, let's make the operation. So they did the operation, and, and then... I think a week after, I signed a paper, and I, and I disappeared from the from the hospital. And I phoned a friend and said, "Okay, let's go to England. Let's let's see Jackie Oliver to see that that he can see me. Obviously, I had plaster everything. My head was holded by some 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 structure. I had no hairs because I had a big cut in the head." And, uh, and my friend said, if you go like this, to, you look like a monster. If you go like this to Jackie Oliver, you even you have less chance to get a contract because he, <laughs> he, he see you're never going to be ready for, for the first race in, 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 in Brazil. Anyway, we went there and we saw Jackie and 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 we convinced Jackie. And, and, and then I did my contract, even in these conditions, I did my contract and he gave me the chance for for the second full or for my first full 
Formula One season. A quick interruption to the show to remind you to check out our sponsors, Grid Rival. Grid Rival is an absolute must for any racing fan. I've been looking to join fantasy motorsport leagues for absolutely ages, and Grid Rival does that and so much more with an experience like no other. Real time fantasy games, the best content, and a community of fans. Grid Rival is a must for 2021. Get ready for the motorsport season with Grid Rival today. Fantasy leagues are now live so make sure you head to their website it's gridrival.com or download their app from your app store so you can set up your own league or join ours just search motormouth official and you can join our league and go up against us if you think you're tough enough what a story mike you're a lucky man you're you're lucky to be alive did you have one of those moments when you were flying through the air where everything slowed down and you thought oh god here we go this this is it this is this is curtains yeah, yeah, of course. You know, in a racing life, you have this oh, from time to time, especially at the time I've been in, you know, you had still a lot of times breaking suspension, breaking tires. Um, well, it, it, and we had no runoff areas. You know, after Airdon's death, the runoff areas changed. Uh, before, you know, was usually very little runoff area. So, a lot of time you find yourself in, in a situation where you are, I don't think this is going to work out. Yeah, it's an incredible story. But it did not stop you coming back to Formula One. And it, it does seem criminal to, to skip over a few things. But for the purposes of time, I want to fast forward a little bit to 1988. Uh, now, McLaren Honda obviously was sort of doing a bit of a Mercedes and they were winning everything with Senna and Prost. But you still managed to, to clinch a win at the Italian Grand Prix. So it's clearly a, a special place for you as well, uh, even though I think McLaren won about 11 races up until that point and then you managed to, to break the duck. That must have been quite a, an emotional win for you because as you say, you know, your first points in Formula 1 came came in Italy as well. Uh, take us through that that iconic race. Uh, yeah, McLaren been every race to be in another league and, you know, you had Ayrton and Prost in the car, so very little mistakes you could uh, wait for. And uh, obviously Monza, we've been close enough. I mean, usually always, they've been always the first row and I've usually been shirt on the starting grid on this year. And the end of the day, one of them always won the race, but in this way, in this weekend, I I've been close to Erdogan, and uh, I was just catching up a bit, and I understood after that he, he was a bit under pressure, but fuel, they had not enough fuel, so Erdogan had to to control the fuel a little bit, and I, I I still was in good shape with fuel, so I could catch up a little, so he he, he had no room to to lose time. Let's say he had it under control, but. No room to lose time, but there was two backmarkers coming, and he know if the backmarkers just before the shikha, if he, if he doesn't get if he doesn't get through, then I will be there, and then maybe we would have a battle. And uh, and he just tried to press himself uh, to pass by. Uh, I think it was Lesser at the time, Julie, and 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 they just called it eight, and and and, and then that was give gave me the chance to win this race. Unbelievable. It went down in history as one of those iconic races. And it gets even more amazing. It was also quite funny for me too, because I visit the factory Ferrari before, you know, just to do the last preparation on the way to Monza. And uh, and I remember at the time, the team manager said to me, I said, what are we going to do this weekend? It was Piero Ferrari, and I think it was Piccinini at the time. What are we going to do this weekend? Uh, under Linger? And I said... 
well, we're going to win the race, ha, you know, because we're <laughs> McLaren all the races. Uh, and uh, and they say, well, well I said, um, okay, if I go, if you win the race, I can get the car, I can have the car. They say, of course, you can have the car if you win the race. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> so, so I put the car after the race onto the trail and probably gone. <laughs> Oh, that that's so brilliant. good. But 20 years later, you're back at the same racetrack. But the, oh, telephone. Is it, who is it? Is it Bernie? No, it's not Bernie. 20 years later, you're back at the same racetrack, but this time with a young Sebastian Vettel. You're there with Toro Rosso. He's taken the win from pole. That must have been an incredible feeling as well, going back after all those years and, and reliving it, but with a young driver of your own. Yeah, yeah, it was for for different reasons. First, um, it was great was to win a race with 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 Toro Rosso, um, and under under Franz Torsten, my responsibility. Then we had two drivers where we recommend we are not strong enough, and we had a lot of a lot of discussions to be able to change this driver. So we changed it finally. We went to Bordet and we went to to uh, Sebastian and, and 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 it worked out well because we won the race. So yeah. we did the right we did we, we put the right effort into it. Um, then it was back to Monza. Then it was of course out also with a Ferrari engine. Um, so a lot of things came together and 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 it was a great great success weekend yeah. Amazing. Mm. Uh, going going back to you as well. It was also, uh, by the way, it was also George Ascanelli, the same race engineer at the car. What was my race engineer at my time in the wind? No. The, uh, oh, wow. That really yeah. is full circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, going back again to you, you sort of you moved across to McLaren in the nineties yourself, and you partnered um, Ayrton Senna, and, and it's been you know quite documented. You had a really you know strong bond with Ayrton. So you know what what was he like? Because we all sort of. You know, see, we've seen the documentary, but you you were there, you partnered him. You know, how good was he, and where does he rank? Do you think alongside Lewis Hamilton and the other greats that we've had throughout the sport? Uh, first, he was a great friend, but I wouldn't I wouldn't do the same decision again to go into the same team with him. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was you know coming. As I told you the story from winning my first race, Alpha Suit, Formula 3, everything falls always in place. Also in Formula 1 until this place, with Michele Alvaretto, even Nigel and things. So I always, with not too much effort, I could put myself in a good position and, uh, and, and, and could always, for the most of the time, handle my teammates quite well and, 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 and being, being the sunny boy in the middle and, and getting the success done. So I didn't I didn't see any reason why this shouldn't work out the same way with Ayrton, but um, I didn't study enough <laughs> before. You know, I just came here. I'm back again to my six thousand people uh, uh, city out of the mountains. You know, blue eyes and <laughs> now it, it, it. I just underestimated completely the the level Ayrton was competing in the way how he prepared himself in the way. Talented, talented we've been all, you know, but he, he worked hard, he'd been fit, he'd been uh, very clever. He has had a lot of race experience. Here we, I saw where 
he was coming from karting when he was four years old. Maybe he had about 400 starts already when I started racing. So there I could see, well, here we have a problem. You know? And I, of course, I tried to compete with him, but at one stage, I just saw that, that it's difficult to catch up and too, too difficult to find mistakes. When I, whatever I study, he, he always was 89%, 100%. You know? So it was difficult to see where I really could beat him. Yeah. But I was honest to myself. I said, listen, okay, let's just try to be always as good as you can. And let's not try to 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 make his effort or or his or criticize his way of doing things because he's just doing what he has to do. Very very professional, very very talented, very good. And and I think he appreciated this very much that I didn't try to politically or or or, or, or did some games to 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 what he wouldn't find fair. I just respected his performance. And this was, I think, the ground that we, we built up a great friendship and a great uh, relation. Even so, I know him very long before because first time I, 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 I met him in Macau in Formula 3. That's where we raced against each other. Of course, he won. Um, <laughs> but he was very special. And coming to the point, what you would like to hear is where is he? For me, is the best driver I have seen in, in, in Formula 1. So, I, difficult for me to charge Jim Clark, Rint, or whoever, but but the time I was long there, and I'm long in this business, the time I've really clearly been the best package from all. Yeah. Whereas Lewis Hamilton, I think Lewis Hamilton is very similar. I just think Ayrton was even more charming, and, and, and he had this special... Uh, this speciality, this personality, but what you cannot really describe what it is, but he was different. Yeah. And this is something I think he is, is unbeatable until now. Yeah. But from a, from, a, from a racing point, I see Luis on a, on, on a very similar level than Ayrton. Yeah, it would have been amazing to see them share a track, wouldn't it? You know, put them in the same machinery and see what they could do. Now, we, we also heard that you're a bit of a naughty boy, Gerhard, and you would often play a little practical joke on Ayrton. Have you got any uh, any little examples or little memories from when you used to mess around with him? I don't remember them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> don't believe you for a second. I was some, yeah. Well, maybe you you remember them. No. <laughs> you mentioned twice. I heard I heard an incident about a helicopter, and he had <laughs> and he had some briefcase that had, that had some of his belongings in, or he he wanted to. Uh, well, you're, very right. Bad. you're right. Now, as you're saying, I remember. Yeah, you're right. And you you decided case pull out of the helicopter. Yeah, you lobbed it out the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. He's a naughty man. <laughs> He's a naughty man. Um, now listen. Story, um, uh, story was also in Monza. Say again. The, the story was, or, or this happening in Monza too. It was in Monza. It's a Monza. Yeah, seems to be your and, track. And 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 it was. He was negotiating a new contract with Ron Dennis, and we we share all our, our things. But he could be a quite pain in the ass, telling, telling me every day what what he wants more, what he's doing, whatever, and and and. And I got tired of it. And and one day in the morning, we come from the Villa Testi, that's the hotel where we always slept, and uh, where the helicopter was waiting in front of the hotel from us. And he has briefcase in the hand, and he said, well, it's done. Put like this in front of my nose. 
I say, what is done? The contract is signed. He's in, okay. Then he jumped into the helicopter next to the pilot, put his headset off, was Mr. Important flying the helicopter. <laughs> and I was sitting in the back with the wife of Ron Dennis, Lisa Dennis, and Cholevera, uh, our physiotherapist. And we was flying the helicopter, he was flying in the front, and he was flying just direction to the circuit, over the circuit, and I just watched down, and there was a big board, and I saw his helicopter between my legs. So I just opened the door of the helicopter, put the helicopter, the briefcase out, closed the door, and watched how it was flying down to the racetrack. <laughs> You're a bad man. You are a bad, bad man. Now, um, no, the- it was at the time we, 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 we had sometimes to do some... Funny things too. No, I mean yeah. it's it's nice to hear these things because you know you you see these things in the stories and we've seen you in documentaries over the years and Ayrton and it's nice to to hear a different side to it all. Um, now we've got an important part of the show for you here. Um, we have a small quiz which I'll hand over to Harry to introduce to test you on your knowledge of yourself. Harry Benjamin, over to you. Yes, Gerhard Berger. Remember what I did two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> I remember myself. How good is your memory? I have a little bit of Alzheimer's. <laughs> Who are you? I have to excuse myself, you know, for all the mistakes I'm going to do now. <laughs> it's okay. As long all you need to do is score more than three and a half points and you're not last. So that's all you have to do. I've got uh, four questions for you, including a bonus point. There are 14 points up for grabs. Uh, and, you know, some of the... We've had David Coulthard, who's in 25th position. Johnny Herbert, who's down in 33rd uh, position. So, you know, there's a David, big disparity. Frank, correct? Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But let's test how good your memory really is. So question one. Now, I'm allowing you, you know, approximately, if you get within 10, you can have the point. Um, but how many points did you score in total during your entire F1 career? No clue. That's a hard if one. You, if you can get within 10, I'll give you the point. Okay. Let me think. Oh, he's taking it seriously. Ah, ah wait, wait, wait a moment. Oh, oh. oh. 207? Oh, not bad. 207. It's not a bad guess, but I'm afraid I can't give you the point. I was looking for 385. So no you point. underestimate oh. yourself there. Oh. Yeah. Well, Not bad, is it? <laughs> where, where did I buy them? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've gone up at inflated. They've been inflated since. Um, okay, question two. Now, your last season in F1 was uh, 1997. Um, but what position did you finish in the Drivers' oh. Championship? Ah, last race, I saw. Last race, I remember, was fourth. Well, you're not far off. But So what position do you think you were in the final standings? If you tell me I was not far off, I stay with it. So <laughs> let's say fifth. Hey. hey, he's got it. Yes, yes. I'll give you the points. Yes. No clue. I, I, I promise you, I'm not clue. Like, <laughs> no, the last race I finished fourth because it was quite close. No, I mean, that's, that's cracking memory. Um, okay, question three. Now, this might be a hard one. Uh, how many, including yourself, Austrian F1 drivers have there been? And if you can name all of them, you get an extra point as well. Uh, okay, let's start with the name because maybe. Yeah, that might help. We can count them up. That's not a, you know. I mean, let's start with your number one. Yep, correct. Number one. And then, I think we'll include you. That's two. Yep. Then, just doing a season or one race is also. Yeah, any any driver who's done a Grand Prix start. Then I would say Tita Cresta. Yeah. Yes, correct. Tita Cresta. 
Then there was this crazy Vienna guy who qualified <laughs> for the start. So it, 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 does it also mean it was in practice or he needs to do a start? I think it, a race start. A race start. No, so he's not in. So was Dieter Cresta? Question then. Must be Helmut Marco. Helmut Marco, yeah. Yeah, that's another one. You're up to four at the moment. It must be Nikki, of course. Nikki, yeah. yes, absolutely. Five. Then after Nikki was me. Correct. Yeah, we've already got you, so we're already on five. Then you have uh, Woods. Yes. Joe yeah. Then Joe Gardner. Yes. Joe Gardner. Then yep. you have uh, Carl Wendlinger. Correct. Yeah. Then well. you have. Uh, uh, clean. Correct. Christian Clean. Getting mm-hmm. uh, tough. How many are missing? We are, so we're on nine at the moment. There are still a few more to get. Uh-huh. Uh, I was hoping I didn't do a Formula One race. There's, a, there's another more, um, more modern driver, I suppose. Um, uh, along. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, you know what? I don't want to win this game. I don't want to <laughs> You know what? That was a worthy effort, though. So I'm going to give you two points because you named yeah, quite a few there. The so um, there were 16 in total, yeah, according, yeah, according to yeah. it. So we got Jochen Rin, uh, Dieter Cuesta, Helmut Marker, Nicky Lauda, uh, Helmut Koenig. Uh, yeah, Helmut Koenig, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Harold Ertel. Yeah, he was for me more German than Austrian, but okay. But hey, blame blame Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, Otto uh, Stupaka. This is the one I said the crazy. Oh, was he the crazy one? Oh, okay. Yeah. My apologies. You can have that one then. Okay. Um, Karl uh, Karl Optehauser. Yeah, uh, Optehauser. That's the one. Not Formula One. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, uh, Hans Binder. Yeah, of course, Hans. Yeah. Uh, then we got you said Joe Gartner, obviously yourself, Carl Verdlinger, uh, Roland Ratzenberger. Of course. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, Alexander Wertz was the more modern one I was looking for. Uh, Christian Don't Kleene. Tell Don't tell him. He's going to kill himself if he knows that I forgot him. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one I was looking for was Patrick Friesacker. Oh, yeah, of course, Patrick, yeah. Yeah, so, but you know what? I'm going to give you two two points for that one. Well done, didn't... Harry, on the German names, uh, Austrian names. You know what? Well. I, you yeah, know, do me a favour. Yeah. I would like either to be first or last. I hate this in the middle. <laughs> well, well, okay, you've got zero. There are some, all right, these are the last, the last few questions are quick, okay? How yeah. many wins did you get in Formula One? Ten. Correct. Correct. Boom, he's got it. Okay. How many races did you enter? 210. Boom, he's got it. And for a bonus point, how many races will there be in the 2021 F1 season? We hope. None, because we have corona. (laughs) (laughs) All being well, how many will there be? (laughs) There's 23 races, right? They have in the calendar. Very good. Correct. Okay, right, let me do the math. That's going to be quite high up there. You scored 12 points, Gerhard. Really strong result, which puts you in... Next week. No, you're, you're ahead. You're sixth place. You, oh. uh, you pip Mark Webber. So you're just ahead of Mark Webber. So pretty pretty decent company to be in. Top six. Who, not too shabby. Who is this? So the leader is actually Alexander Sims, uh, Formula E GT racer. He actually scored a full house. But the way this quiz works is if you had scored 14, 
because you're the latest uh, com- competitor, you would go to the top of the leaderboard. Uh, the only thing I'm a bit shamed is that I don't know all the Austrians and, and forget what. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all right. Don't worry. You won't tell anybody. That was a fair, a fair effort. So thank you, Gerhard, for playing the hardest quiz in motorsport. Very well, well done indeed. Well done. <laughs> now we move on to the uh, the latter half of our uh, our chat with you, Gerhard. Do, do you have any racing regrets? Is there anything that you would have done differently? Yeah, I would win the short world championship. This is true. That would have been a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. did you? And did you? Small thing. Have two more. And did you? No, have... You know. You know. To be serious, of course. You know. When you look back, always you have a lot of things what you would do different. And, and to be honest, what I regret a little bit, I, I I think I I got a good talent, or let's say even a very good talent with me. But I didn't use it to the maximum because I didn't put enough effort in. I wasn't disciplined enough. I always try to combine lifestyle with professional racing. Mm. And you can, if you are talented, you can bring it to a certain level. But from a certain level on, you need to forget your lifestyle. You can be just all day long onto it that you're really going to be a a multiple world champion. You're really going to be special. Yeah. And that's what I never did. And I think if I would have the choice today, I would do it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and talking about today, can you are you able to compare how you were back then when you were racing to a racing driver now? Like, who is the modern Gerhard Berger? No, I, 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 this question I got a lot of time. No, I cannot. I really cannot. I think this is a question for somebody who knows drivers very well. Mm. Maybe they can ha- do this better. Yourself, difficult to do. Who who is the most underrated racing driver you've ever come across? Who was under? Who do you think had it but just never quite never got the opportunities? In, in going into Formula One, yeah, or a, a, anyone who springs to mind. I think one was definitely in my time Formula Three, John Nielsen. Okay, John Nielsen was quick, very good, technically good, setting up car, cars good. And he, he he beat us all in Formula Three, left and right, but he never got it into Formula One. Mm. Um, favorite holiday destination. Favorite ho- holiday destination. Yeah. Hmm. It's been so long since anyone uh, had a holiday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is holiday? <laughs> we are locked up since two years and now. Well, how about? Would you prefer skiing or sunbathing? Yeah, skiing. That was exactly what I was thinking. Uh, mm. You know, my. My favorite, I, I love to go helicopter skiing to Canada. Yeah. Wow, that would be cool. I've yeah. never done helicopters, never done that before. I'm a big skier, but never done the, the whole thing. Oh, uh, forget helicopter sounds a little bit, but it's from, a, from the, the places you're going to be able to be. Go, yeah. Go, and then to, to have, when the helicopter is gone, to have endless yeah. uh, uh, pistes down and, and, and powered up to the chest. Untouched, it, it, yeah. It's, it's just great. Experience. I can't stand skiing. I, I just cannot get on with it. Don't like it. Hurts my knees. Hurts my feet. It's cold. I like. I like the apres. Get me the nice. No. Get me a nice beer. I mean, that's and, good as well. I've been skiing since I was four years old. That's this. That's my karting. I feel like that's my version of being karting. Why not? Cool. You know, I yeah. was skiing uh, I, before I started to walk. I started to ski. Yeah. Yeah. Here where I grown up. Yeah. You know. So I love it. Normally here you 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 end up as a ski racer, not as a car. Mm. So yeah, well, I'll see you on the slopes, Gerhard. Uh, so you're a good you're a good skier. 
Is that your, would you say that's your, your biggest talent outside of motor racing? What's, what are you good at? Well, what's talent? But yeah, I, I ski reasonable because I did my life on skiing. So, but if you're talented, you just can see when you're really competing in a high level and you be successful. Mm. And I never did. I, I was competing, but never on, on uh, just in school time. But you know what? Talented or not talented, holiday or not, I think in general, it's just so important to, to, to find a way that you wake up in the morning and you're happy what you're doing. And me with, with racing, I, I found this life. I mean, I have still this TTM and these projects on the table every day, some new projects. Yes, I go home, I'm sometimes tired, sometimes I was upset about certain things didn't work out in the way. But in general, I I could make my my hobby as my life and my, my and even having good income from it. Mm. So I'm just totally happy with my life, you know, and, and when I won't go to holiday, I can go holiday. I can afford to go holiday. And, you know, when you are in a situation, you say, well, I would like to go holiday, but I cannot afford different stories. So yeah. I just can say, in general, my life was just, until now, outstanding. And um, I wouldn't complain about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, before, um, we, we usually end uh, all our interviews, Gail, with, with the final three questions that we ask to all our guests. But just before we get to those, it would be a miss not to bring up DTM very quickly. Because obviously that's, uh, that's your, what you're doing at the moment, it's what you head up. And as we enter 2021, you know, we're, we're entering the GT3 phase of it. And it looks like it's, 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 it's gearing up for a really successful and exciting season so far. We've just seen today Red Bull announcing their two liveried cars with the uh, AF Corsa Ferrari. And it's great to have some manufacturers back involved, obviously. That was, my, private. That was my goal, to combine these two brands. Yeah. They are, they are killing each other in Formula One. And now, <laughs> now together. Is, how can I combine them? In? Yeah. <laughs> Make a different story, you know? It looks amazing. I succeed. <laughs> but talk, talk, so talk to us, you know, how, how are you looking at it for this year and how are plans ramping up? You've still got a couple more um, uh, or another manufacturer, I think, to confirm as part of being a privateer team. Yeah, um, there's, there's still a couple of, of, of still uh, uh, hurdles to, to, yeah. to get out of the way, but I think we're on a good way. But in this business, you know, I, I, I've been too long, you know, you, you, you say today a good way and three days later you say, well, everything turns into some troubles. Mm. So let's see how we get. I, I think we're doing step by step. We're having a lot of headwind in different ways. We have mm. Corona. We don't know. Uh, can we have spectators? But we, for us, it's a big income stream, the spectators. So if we mm. have no spectators, how can we cover this whole? Then uh, uh, um, another thing is now... Is, is Mercedes coming in or not? If Mercedes comes in, it would be another big step because then suddenly we would have really strong brands with... Yeah. With, uh, Mixed with some uh, big names. You've got Jensen Button, who wants a team, and obviously Team Rosberg hoping to continue yeah, on. Yeah, Rosberg, and then Albon now. With, Out, yeah. Uh, also Cassidy, uh, Lawson. So it's also an interesting combination. You have this Formula One star from coming from having already podiums uh, uh, in Formula 1, then you're having Cassidy, who won a lot of different GT categories, and is really a GT specialist, and then having Lawson, who wants to come to Formula 1, and he wants to find his way, so it's going to be yeah. a lot of this, and then you have to bring Ferrari and McLaren, then you have uh, Ferrari and, 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 and Red Bull. 
So that's interesting. And for, for uh, hopefully McLaren, Jensen Button, uh, Audi, uh, BMW, I hope now for Mercedes. And obviously we are, we are dealing with another one, two brands. So we're going to have a great mixture of brands. Real. Well, I'm so, so excited. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, touch wood, everything. Well, I'm really looking forward to see how, how it pans out, having you know watched it the last couple of years and seen the changes that you've wanted to make and, and going into this year, really looking forward and hoping that all um, pans out well. Are we ready, for, Tim, for our final three questions? Let's do it. I'll kick off then. What has you excited at the moment? Uh, to bring back this TTM into a proper race series because really I, I, I find... We need in Europe a, a, a strong uh, GT series with sprint races, with professional race drivers, and so on. And uh, and and I said this, or I put myself into this this uh, uh, challenge, and I take it, and I try to succeed. I don't know yet if I succeed, but uh, if I succeed, then I think uh, it was it's good for the sport. By the way, if it works out well, also for my uh, wallet, and then I'm also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Um, now, if you hadn't have been a racing driver, of course, what would you have done? Steal cars and robbery banks. <laughs> yes. Not work. Right? <laughs> Perfect. That's my favourite answer. Just leave it there. He would have been a thief and a bank robber. <laughs> Maybe a getaway driver. Um, oh yeah. What I was very close already to this. Just the racing put me away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's basically a criminal. He just got away yeah. with it because he found yeah. racing. Um, what are you scared of? My wife. Weird that. Perfect. So am I. Not your wife. No. <laughs> Terrified of mine. Keep an eye out for. You're not, you're not the first person to say that as your answer either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a common theme threading through that question. Yeah. Um, Gerhard, thank you so so much for joining us. It's a privilege to talk to you. It's amazing to hear your stories about your career and obviously Ayrton. And um, best of luck with DTM. We hope it continues to go from success to success. Gerhard Berger, thank you for joining us on the Motormouth podcast. I have to tell you, I always love is the British motorsport experts because. You guys first know everything very deep, and uh, and I just think England is the the home of motorsport, and uh, and and I always love to be in England racing, and uh, and I appreciate very much to talk with you guys. Before you go, one final reminder to check out the team at Grid Rival, the place to be for the 2021 motorsport season. If you think you really know your F1 and MotoGP, fancy yourself at making a bit of extra cash, setting up your own, or joining a fantasy league, and making sure you have the best driver lineups for each race, all whilst getting access to the best motorsport content and chatting to like-minded fans then Grid Rival is the place for you leagues go live at the end of February so make sure you're at the front of the queue by getting notified as soon as they're ready by heading over to their website gridrival.com or download their app from your selected app store and get prepped for a brand new season of motorsport with Grid Rival now if you're a really lovely person and fancy supporting the podcast further just head over to Patreon or the link is in the podcast description we've got some great goodies and bonus content to give you if you sign 
sign up. Just search Motormouth Official on Patreon and there are three levels of membership to choose from. Thank you so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore, Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can also download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile to interact with other fans and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. We're also proud to be supporting the Brain Tumor Charity too, so make sure you check the links in the podcast description to find out how you can help cure brain tumors quicker. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth Podcast.